Welcome to Basketball on Figaro, the only podcast covering the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Evan Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, per usual, Dar E and Vaziri, aka Dime Drop. Dime. How are you doing to start the new year of 2024? Pretty well. Kawhi's back. That makes me feel good. And yeah, a lot of talk about in this episode. Uh, another very eventful week in LA basketball and this is really it Edwin 2024 the final year where the Clippers and the Lakers are going to share an arena good ri- I mean goodbye that's what I'm gonna say <laughs> what if the Clippers actually end up we'll, we'll save the conversation for later but if they actually win their first championship in Stable Center oh my god we'll always have a big chunk of real estate if you know what I mean uh, we'll see about that that's gonna be interesting yeah, yeah, we have a lot of that's too much We'll talk about how they've no doubt they've looked good and they've played well, uh, including this week. They've won three straight. Uh, Lakers are a little bit more of a mixed bag. And we have the rivalry. It's rivalry week because we have the, the game Lakers uh, Clippers on Sunday. So we're definitely going to get into all of that and more on our first pod of 2024. All right, let's start with recapping the games that happened this past week. We're starting off with uh, Tuesday's matchup, Clippers versus Hornets. Uh, the Clippers won 113-104. Uh, uh, Charlotte's just been, you know, having a, a rough time, you know, pretty much all year. Uh, they got key players like Lamelo out, and they just they just seem to continue to hit rock bottom and dig. Uh, and the, the Clippers took advantage. They, they were able to give them their 21st loss. They won 113-104. Again, no Kawhi uh, for this game. He was out for most of the week, and he was out for this game as well. Uh, but you, you're getting really good games from what I see from Zoo, from Harden, from PG uh, throughout the week, and, and this was another good Zoo game. Uh, what was your biggest takeaway from Charlotte versus Clippers? That it was harder than it needed to be. This game was – it should have been, I, I think, a blowout. We only ended up winning by nine, and it was a two-point game going into the fourth quarter. We were actually down by eight at one – or seven at one point of the fourth. But, yeah, James Harden and Russell Westbrook I thought were really good. Russ giving you that energy side of things, getting, you know, to the basket, getting rebounds. Some of his rebounds are just unbelievable. He has such good hands when it comes to rebound. His handle isn't the best, but his hands on rebounds on loose balls is amazing. Then Harden, you know, doing his thing, he was countering every sort of pick-and-roll Covers that the Hornets threw at him. And, you know, Harden's looking a little quicker. I'm saying maybe even a little quicker than Philly Harden. It's, yeah. Or maybe it's, you know, I can't speak on it because I didn't watch Harden throughout the regular season the same way I'm watching him now last year or the year before or ever. But in the playoffs, I watch every game and he couldn't really blow by good defenders with much consistency. So I like what I'm seeing so far from him. And Paul George, yeah, he got going in the second half, but it was a pretty unserious first half by him. Solid win and a sellout. Both the Lakers and the Clippers sold out against Charlotte, which brings us to that Laker game the next night. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, yeah, just to kind of tack on a little bit about Harden there, um, I agree with you. Again, he didn't have a proper training camp this year. And, again, that's his fault, but also that's part of the situation he was in. Um, We don't have to get into the whole, you know, what happened in Philly, but, you know, he wasn't. So kind of like Kawhi where we're like, but Kawhi and it was actually not Kawhi, kind of like Zoo, where we talk about, oh, what's up with him? Like, well, it's, it's a small sample size. Maybe that's that's what's happening. And same thing with Harden. It's like, oh, he's a little slower. He doesn't seem quite there. They were losing the first couple games with him. And guess what? Hey, he looks like he's got his legs under him a little bit more. He feels a little more comfortable. He's been in the system for, for you know, weeks and weeks and weeks now. And you're starting to see the benefits of that. So I agree. I also haven't watched – I've watched more Harden this year. Um 
than I have any year except the Rockets years when they were like top contenders. And I agree, he does look to me like he has more of a pep, but I also didn't watch, you know, every single regular season game last year of his time in Philly. So kind of hard to tell, but at least for this year, he's definitely looking fresher than he did at the beginning of the season. All right, so moving on to Lakers versus Hornets. Uh, Lakers also took care of business. They beat the um, the Hornets. So the Hornets actually got the double L here in Los Angeles. which As we predicted, which, right? Yeah, we predicted. Yeah, we'll get to all our predictions later. But yes, we, we both predicted this one. We said, hey, the Hornets are just, they're just, unfortunately, they're just shorthanded. They just don't have the players to, to really compete. And they do all the little things bad, right? Like they don't defend very well. They, they don't they don't go out there and rebound. So you mix in all the little stuff they don't do right. And then you mix in the fact that like LaMelo Ball is not there. And he's like, you know, the primary scorer. And they're going to struggle. And they struggled against the Lakers. Uh, they lost uh, 133 to 112 on the Lakers end. You got just decent games overall. LeBron didn't give you too, too much, I don't think. 17 points, that's kind of like mediocre for his standards. Uh, but AD was solid, 26 points. Um, and you got a balanced attack on the bench from D'Lo being on the bench. You know, he's been relegated to the bench since since Ham made that move last week. And he, he had a good game, 16 points. Reeves gave you 16. And, and even Max Christie gave you 10 points uh, with uh, Cam Reddish being out. Max actually got some minutes. I think Max should be getting minutes regardless, but he got minutes here and he did well with them. He had 10 points, three for four shooting, two for three from three point land. So I really like what we saw from Max and what, what uh, we got from AD and from the bench in general. Yeah. LeBron took over that game in the third quarter. He was quiet in the first half, but he had a great third quarter facilitating getting to the basket. AD was stellar as usual. And the, the takeaway I had from that game was, Max Christie and Christian Wood being inserted into the rotation. You see Christian Wood the last couple of games has kind of taken Jackson Hayes minutes, which is what mm-hmm. I think a lot of Laker fans have been saying and what we expected when Christian Wood got to L.A. So, And he played really well in that Charlotte game, showing his ability to hit the three ball from the outside. And right now the Lakers could really use some more three-point shooting. Um, the only fear is, you know, Christian Wood at the five defensively. But if it's only for a couple of minutes, I think it might be serviceable depending on who he's got out there with him. But, yeah, second half takeover by the Lakers. It wasn't as nervy as the Clipper game at all, but they were only up by a point or so at, at halftime. It was a close game. Then LeBron really took things over. And, as you said, D'Lo, Austin Reeves, very solid off the bench. Reeves and D'Lo each had 16 points. And Hachimura, I thought he was fantastic in that starting lineup that game, 17 points. So, yeah, Lakers taking care of business as they should. Yeah, and you're right. Um, I've been clamoring for hey, put Wood in there instead of Hayes, and we'll get we can talk more about Wood later. But I think the main thing, like you said, it's can he bend but not break on defense? That's the thing. If he can at least hold his own, and you know he, he's clearly not a good defender. Um, it, it's weird because I was I was clamoring for more Wood, and then when we got it, I'm like, mm, I kind of see why we don't <laughs> use it as much. But then I'm like, well, you should see the other guy, right? Like it's just a matter of hey, you're not it, there's not a spectacular option as a backup center on this roster. These are your options. You got to go with the best. And I think from what they have, Wood is the best because he's he's better offensively and he tries it. He's definitely trying on defense. He just, it's just hard. He just didn't develop those skills. And, you know, when I talk to NBA players, they say the hardest thing to kind of learn if you're not sharp at it is defense for a couple reasons. One is, one, you, if you haven't been working on it because you were more of an offensive player, it's hard to make that transition. And two, they've mentioned to me, you know, when I've talked to other players that it's just hard to replicate. You can replicate offense because all you need is a basketball and a hoop, right? You can, you can figure it out. You can work on your jab step. You can work on your moves on defense. It's just harder because it's no matter what, unless you literally have a really good 
core of people helping you, you're not facing NBA level defenders when you're working on your defense in practice. You need someone who's like actually at that speed and that skill set to push you or else it's like, yeah, you're working on it, but you're working on it with like a D1 player, a trainer. It's not the same. Offense is the same. A, a, a corner three is a corner three on defense, you know, rotating, you know, playing off of the pick and roll, you know, help side defense, off ball defense. It's really, really hard to practice that in a, at the NBA level when you're an NBA player. And I see Wood trying. Like, I definitely see the effort. I see his eyes. I see his motions. He's giving his best effort, but it's still kind of lacking in that regard. But like you said, if he can bend, not break, and, you know, just not create error after error where he's, like, really hurting the team or or literally getting targeted, which I haven't seen him getting targeted just yet, it can be enough. We're not asking you to play 30 minutes. We're saying 8 to 12, 16 max, just be out there, be a positive try hard and that's all you got to do and, and Jackson Hayes uh was really struggling with that and Woods definitely played better especially in in this matchup here so looking good unfortunately uh next up we have um well actually we're not gonna get to Lakers yet we're gonna go to the the your favorite uh, the Memphis Grizzlies here uh and the Clippers took care of business they won 116 or 106 um so tell me a little bit about this game and and this win as it was a you know stringing along games again another uh game uh with um you know, not the full roster ready because uh, you didn't have um, uh, Kawhi going, but you still managed to get the win here. So tell me a little bit about this game here. Another game I was at, John Morant just didn't look 100%. He missed the game the night before against Denver with a non-COVID-related illness. And Denver back-to-back against the Clippers on the second night, it, it's tough right now. That's two of the toughest teams to play in the league. And no Kawhi, yes, but... I thought James Harden was really good in that game as well. And then Paul George, second half yet again, he kind of turned it on. Um, James Harden had a double-double, but he didn't shoot well. He was actually four for 13. But if it's just Zubats, he was – most people I was talking to after the game thought he was the player of the game. 15 points, 20 rebounds. He's been playing at such a high level. His rim protection has been very solid. James Harden's given him even more easy baskets in that pick and roll. And it's like, it feels like he's finishing more lobs than ever before. It's because he's getting more lobs than ever before with Harden. And finishing around the basket, he's just got confidence right now. He's playing the best ball of his career. And Russell Westbrook, again, so good off the bench and efficient. 14-6-6 six, and six on 6-for-9 six shooting. Uh, solid win for the Clippers. Probably their best non-Kawhi win. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Zoo, you know, I, I've been a fan of Zoo since when he was on the on the right side of uh, of crypto. There, <laughs> the right side. I think uh, he likes it better over here. He, he, Which a lot of players probably, do, by the way. Um, I mean, certain. I'm sure Russ does. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> he seems does. To be. <laughs> Russ does. Uh, well, for Zoo, Matt okay. Barnes, Montres Harrell, Patrick Beverly. Oh, okay. well, Patrick Butler. Beverly. All right. All right. Not Roni Turioff. You can have that one. Or Steve Blake. <laughs> yeah, Steve Blake. Well, I'll take Steve. <laughs> so uh, for Zoo, Zoo would be a great, like, in the summer talking about Zoo because I, I dove deep in, into his career when it started. And, you you know, you've gotten the rest of it when it's really blossomed. I think for Zoo, it was he was he was battling for position. There was a lot of young talent on the team and he kind of seemed to be on the back end of like the depth chart and not getting those opportunities. I think if you talk to most Laker fans from that era, you know, that, that baby Lakers, you know, kind of post Kobe heading to the pre LeBron and all that stuff. I think most said they were clamoring for give him more time, give him more reps. Yeah. He's flawed, but he's young. 
And, you know, of course, I, I, everyone thinks that Magic deal was just ridiculous, uh, including uh, the Clippers when they made it. Uh, and we were like, why did you do this for, for what we got? This doesn't make any sense. Really good prospect. Even if you want to get rid of them, don't get rid of them for this. This this trade does not make any sense. It doesn't make the team better now. And you're giving up on a young player who shows potential. So I don't think anyone was surprised um, who's followed Zoo's career with what he what he is because he, he showed that he could he showed signs of that early on. And obviously the Clippers give him more time. And again, sometimes you need patience. So many times fans are so impatient with young players like Max Christie, like uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. I already hear it now. Oh, he's never going to be. I'm like, we don't know. I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm saying we don't know. It's We got very, very small sample size in pockets, high pressure with the Lakers. You know, you, you can't judge a player's career on eight minutes when they're 21 years old. It just doesn't make sense. They need more time. And I'm happy Zoo uh, is getting that time and is shining, especially with the early struggles uh, at the beginning of the year. Um, but there's just, there's just, I don't know. There's just nothing like wearing that purple and gold. I mean, it's just, it's, it's special, but I get it. I get it. And I'm, I'm glad Zoo, Zoo is uh, doing well. Um, who knows? Maybe one day he'll, he'll put it back on and, 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 you know, try to win a ring and stuff. But uh, for now he's, he's doing well uh, playing for, for the other guys. All right. So <laughs> now we're going to go into Lakers, Minnesota here. You can, you can relish these losses here. These were frustrating games. Uh, Lakers mini was very frustrating. LeBron's birthday. I was certain he was not going to play because it was his birthday, because he was sick. And, you know, they were like, he's questionable. He's doubtful. I'm like, there's no way he's going to, like, tough it out on the road on his birthday. And he did. So props to LeBron. You know, say what you want. He he had every excuse in the world to not play in this game. Not only did he play in this game, I, I don't think he played great, but he played hard. And he was pushing at the end. one way 106 This is a three-point game. He shot a jumper with, I believe, two point, like three seconds left. It was uh, labeled a two. It would have tied the game. It was labeled a two. Obviously, it went under review because it was underneath the, the last two minutes, and it was very close. Upon further review, it was still called a two. Different camera angles show that it, his foot was on the line. His foot was on the line. It's very close. Oh, it's the shadow. It's actually the toe box, but it's not actually touching the line. It just looks above. So I'm going to ask you, Dime, you tell me, three or no three? I still don't know. <laughs> I seriously don't. I I kept looking at it over and over, and it was like I was looking at an optical illusion or something. So I'm not sure. I will say the Lakers did perform pretty well in this game, though. They just hung around, just couldn't get over the hump there. Is that the game where D'Angelo Russell hurt his back and didn't play the fourth quarter? Was that the next night? That, that was this one. He hurt his hip. He did play, but he he didn't play in the, the he got, he got hurt in the fourth and he had to he was ruled out the rest of the game. So unfortunately, D'Lo didn't look great when he played, but he would have definitely played more in that fourth quarter. That's why he was on the floor when he got injured, and, and yeah, yeah, he was out. So that that's the the bummer too. It's like man, maybe with D'Lo out there, you know, they only lost by two, and you know, with that controversial call, maybe he would have been the difference maker. But unfortunately, you know, he 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 got hurt in that fourth there. For me, on the is it a three? Is it not three? I agree with you. It, it's neck and neck. Oh man, I, I think I think it was a three because his, his foot did adjust and was behind the line. And then of course, when he actually goes up, it, it looks a little questionable. But to me, it was a three. I knew they weren't going to overturn it because it was too close, and they called it not a three on the floor. So I'm like, if it's not three on the floor, and you're telling me now you're still conflicted, then that means they're going to go with what the original call was. And yes, of course, LeBron made a hoopla about it. The Lakers made a hoopla about it. They were, they were talking about it. It doesn't make sense. And I totally agree with the frustration. I, I, I didn't expect anything less uh, from the team kind of fighting for, hey, man, this is this is a three-point shot. Like, what's going on? And 
although that didn't, I won't say that cost the Lakers a game because again, so many things happened beforehand that that should have been addressed. That first quarter was rough. Um, the second quarter actually was a little bit rougher. So they had their moments here and there. That doesn't decide the game, but man, it was just a rough one. And it was a great debate for sure on, on Twitter about was it a three, was it not a three? There were so many shots. It was like the, the Kennedy assassination or something. Everyone had a different angle and a different zoom and this part's there. And it was so interesting too, with it was being so close that when you zoom in, it gets more pixelated. So you're also like, well, it's a little fuzzy. So like, is it on the line? So it's going to be one of those ones that um, your opinion will likely uh this be decided by what you were actually rooting for <laughs> with exactly. that one. yeah there wasn't too many uh lebron haters who were like oh no yeah he was he was off the line yeah it, it was pretty much you know if you're if you're pro lakers you thought it was a three and if you weren't you didn't think it was a three so it was definitely a tough call to make and hey that's what happened unfortunately the lakers played again the next night time i mean i'm not gonna be out here saying that the NBA is out to get them but no no favorites here you had to play in Minnesota, one of the best teams in the league. Obviously, they didn't know that when they made the schedule, but one of the best teams in the league on LeBron's birthday. He's out there with a non-COVID illness, toughing it out. You rob him of the three-pointer on his birthday. Didn't let him tie the game. He loses. What's his reward? Hop on a plane, fly to Nola. They landed at 3.20 in the morning. And guess what? You got to play the very next day against New Orleans on the road on New Year's Eve. And guess what? They laid an egg. 129-109, a tough game. Uh, I had no expectations of them winning this game uh, when it was happening. I'm like, oh, there's no way. <laughs> you, you got gutted in a, a tough loss the night before. You're getting there at 3 something in the morning. It's the holiday. I, I had I was surprised. My biggest surprise was how many people were surprised by this result. I'm like, you didn't see this coming? Like, there's no way they were going to win this game. It just it did too many things they were up against. And like we mentioned, D'Lo was out. Now he was ruled out for the entire game because of that um, that issue he felt um on on his hip let me double check if it was his hip hip because no it was tailbone tailbone there you go yeah he took a charge he took a charge and he landed he was holding the lower part of his back but i guess it was his tailbone and then cam reddish was also out with that lingering groin injury it seems like he's being injury managed or load managed on back-to-backs you notice that yeah yeah no you're right i think I, i think it's again it's a nagging injury and they're trying to kind of monitor it which brings us also to uh Rui in this game got hurt right left calf strain and that yeah. that's that's the same strain he that has been bothering him throughout the season so again some of these injuries they're lingering and they're trying to like figure out how to keep you going and you've seen lebron and ad on the injury report often and they've had their their games and you know it's just it's we're kind of in the dog days here and some of these lingering injuries it's like again you have to be willing to play hurt but not injured and finding that line and making sure this is part of the whole debate on load management as well. Uh, obviously, these players are actually injured, so it's not like, oh, they're perfectly fine. You're thinking about something that happened last year. But it, it's 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 a fine line because, you know, you, you want to push Rui out there so he can play, but you don't want to push him to the point where another two weeks out, another three weeks out. And unfortunately, you know, he's already wearing a mask. He had a broken nose uh, just a couple weeks ago. So he's already wearing a mask, masked up for that. And guess what? Now he's got a calf strain and he's out. So he did play in this game, but he only played a few minutes because – that that calf got aggravated and then he was out and it's already been official that he's ruled out for the next game. I'm guessing he's ruled out for more than that, uh, but obviously, you know, no official news besides the fact that he's going to miss the Miami Heat game. Uh, but this game was just ugly. Uh, that was my biggest takeaway. Um, I was very not interested in this one. It was New Year's Eve. I'm like, look, where they're going to lose. I already know it. You know, I've got the script early. They're not going to beat New Orleans at home. New Orleans also, you know, the context 
They were embarrassed against this team in the NBA in-season tournament. Zion was called out. This is the first time he's faced them. Of course he was going to bring it, and he did. 26 points, 8 for 12, 10 for 12 from the free throw line. He had he had something bothering him about this game, and they brought the best out of him. And with all the, all that constant the Lakers, they really didn't stand much of a chance here. Did, did you watch this game here on, on New Year's Eve, Dan? I did, and it was one of those, as you said, they kind of laid an egg. They just didn't come out with the right intensity. They got punched in the face, leaving C.J. McCollum wide open for threes over and over, even switched to a zone later in the quarter and to no avail. And I thought LeBron, you know, as second and third quarter, he was, he was making shots. A.D. had one of his more quiet games as opposed to the really good basketball he's been playing recently. And the Lakers just – they – they don't seem to have much of a real identity in the sense of the way they play. Like they're supposed to be this defense first team, but their defense isn't consistent at all. And with this constant lineup switching in and out, and then these key role guys being hurt that have defense related to their roles very largely, it's just been hard. I think LeBron and AD are giving you what you expect from them. But I also Mm -hmm. think LeBron looks like, he lost a little bit of that juice after the in-season tournament. He doesn't. He was flying in that tournament, and the whole team. You know, that's normal for him, them to go kind of how he goes, but it doesn't feel like he's had the same pop. Like he still had some good games, but remember when I said I was getting scared a couple of weeks ago? I got on this and I was getting scared of the Lakers potentially winning another championship. And now I couldn't be less scared. I think you guys need to do something because right now it's just. It's not good enough. So, okay. So, way, I will that say the last, that's the last Laker game before this episode, correct? That's the last game. Right, yeah. cool. So, let's get into it. So, yeah, I think they are good. Okay. So, are they good enough? Man, that's a tough question. Are you better than us or the, or the Nuggets? Like, let's, are, they, are they better than the Clippers? Like, our third best player is James Harden. They'll be better than the Clippers on Sunday, but they're not They're not better right now. The, the record, sure? I'm going to respond. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. We're gonna talk about that one later. Yeah, yeah, they will. I think again, their highs are high, their lows are low. I, I think they. You're right. They they did have a bit of an in-season tournament hangover. Again, when you implement something new like this, you just don't know the consequences. I don't think the NBA gave enough of a wiggle room. There should have been more of an all-star break where they got like two or three days off and then back in action. I think they were back in action 48 hours later, and it's just that's just tough with everything they gave. Because guess what? You have LeBron flying out there. We know LeBron can't do that every night for 82 games. He brought it up because of the NBA in-season tournament. He was taking charges. Like, you know, you know, like you don't see LeBron take charges um, in, in the regular season. Uh, and he was he was doing that against New Orleans. He, he brought it 100% against uh, the Pels and the, um, the Pacers. So there was a consequence to that. The cost of them winning that was we're exhausted now and it's hard to get up for, oh, this one's actually not an Indian tournament game. This is just like a Tuesday matchup. And it's, it's taking them a little bit of time. Add that with the injuries. Add that with a tough schedule. You know, they, they play a lot of tough teams. You know, they played Minnesota. <laughs> Dad does not want to hear this. They played some tough teams. I'm telling you that, again, tip your cap. Teams are out there coming forward and the Lakers couldn't handle it. I think even with Rui gone, you got Vando, you got AD, you got LeBron, you got Reeves. I think you're going to see a much better team this month than you did last month. I think they're, they're a little bit healthier. I think they'll get D'Lo back sooner. I don't know about Rui because you know how Cavs are. They're very delicate. It could be a week. It could be three weeks. That's just how Cavs are. Um, but I think they're going to be they're going to be fine. They're going to look a lot better this this week this week and this month because of 
the players they have. And I think, again, Ham is trying to figure it out on the fly, and that's tough to do, just like every other coach. I'm not I'm not saying that doesn't mean, you know, the losses are okay, but that they're trying to figure it out. And until he kind of gets a, a better mix, there's going to be a couple games won and lost here because of that. But I think they're going to be better. Are they better than the Clippers and Nuggets right now today if the playoffs start? They'd be in trouble. I think as we get closer to March, we get closer to April, they'll be a lot closer. And although I haven't seen a trade rumor or a trade offer that I liked, I think they will make some moves. They will make some adjustments. No team stays the same. Even your wonderful Clippers sold it for Harden, right? They made some moves to get better, to do what they think they need to do, to improve the team, I'm sure. Whether it's going to be a big trade or a small trade, they'll make some little adjustments. I do not think this will be the exact same roster that we're going to see uh, after the trade deadline, after waivers and everything. No, no, no. They'll make some changes. Will they be big changes? Will they be small? That's the only thing I'm not sure of. But they'll make some adjustments, and they they have enough, I think, information now to kind of know where they need to improve on and know where they're good. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 curious to see that. But regardless, I think you're going to see a lot better Lakers uh, this week, this month. It's just been a bad. It was bad December uh, ending there. You're seven. So tell me, why why did you put your head down as I was contextualizing the situation? You're seventeen and seventeen. Like like LeBron and AD have been pretty largely healthy. Thirty four games into the season, are we just? This idea that the Lakers are just going to be able to get any seed and win the whole thing, like maybe you can make another run to the conference finals, but no Laker team has ever won the championship below a three seed. It applies to you guys as well. I'm staying with that three seed. That's my new thing after last year, and I was – you don't get up there, and you're very far behind. Six games in the loss column. So, so here's what I'm saying. I like, I like your three seed thing. I'll go four. I think you have to be four. I think three doesn't necessarily have to be, but you have to be four. So I agree with you for the most part. But I'll say the Timberwolves do not scare me. The Thunder are a bit young, and I just I err on the side of caution with young teams. They look great. They just beat the Celtics. They I saw I watched the whole game. They look sensational. I watched. I'm sorry. I watched the second half because I was I was writing during the first half. But I watched the whole second half, and I had the game on the whole time. They looked great, but they're young. What's going to happen when SGA doesn't get all those foul calls? What's going to happen when Chet has an off game? Are they going to be able to overcome those things against these tough teams, you know, in the second round? You know, right now, if everything stayed the way it was, they play the Clippers. I would pick the Clippers over the Thunder in the seven-game series, even with OKC having home court, because I just don't trust. I don't know what I'm going to get from SGA and Chet and all those guys in that scenario. And I know what I'm going to get out of Kawhi, PG, and theoretically Harden even. So... So for that reason, you know, looking at top three Nuggets, they're legit. They're the champs. That's it. There's only who has championship pedigree coming out of the West. So I think if the Lakers can, they obviously 17-17, is that acceptable? No. With LeBron and AD healthy, even with the context, they should at least be 600. Well, why I should we believe that you can beat Denver right now? Because that's the bar. That's what I'm comparing the Clippers to is can we beat Denver? I think we have the, the best chance because of our super team. It's looking super I right now. I think Denver's gotten a little bit worse, and I think that they're they're just a little bit lower. And I think that, along with when they get healthy and they figure out their rotations, they have some things to figure out. I still don't know what the best five to go with is and who should be coming off the bench. So I'm not saying they're not a finished product yet. And Hard Ham definitely has to take some some of the blame for that, not not kind of figuring that out yet. Again, Reeves I think should be starting. He's still coming off the bench. Maybe he starts now that Rui's out. But again, are you going to just is that only because of the situation? I think some of the big changes is uh, you have to find a way to put Austin in the starting lineup. 
you have to give Max Christie a shift or two, keep Wood where he's at, keep Hayes in the back. And I think they're then once they do those things, I think they're they're on their way. And I think we've seen Ham start to make those adjustments. He hasn't started with, with Reeves, but we saw him make this change with Wood and Hayes. We've seen him try to find lineups with bigger wings. Now that he's got Vanderbilt, that's another player. They just barely got him back. He's played like six games. So I think now that they're they have more of their units together, I think we're gonna start seeing a, a better product from them. So they're not there yet. Right now, no. If the Lakers play the Nuggets in a series, you're you're smart to take the Nuggets. If you're playing the Clippers, you're smart to see the Clippers. But again, we're not done yet. We're not done yet. Work in progress. They're not where they should be right now based on who's been available. Even with who's been available, I'll agree with you. They've underperformed. But they got LeBron AD healthy. They got a good amount of pieces. They still can make a trade. And Ham's working on figuring out the best way to optimize this. So I still think the, the threat's there. I mean, they just, again, they just came off of a Western Conference final. They just won the NCAA tournament. We saw what they're like when they know they got to do it. I mean, the only team to ever beat a healthy LeBron AD are the Nuggets. That's it. The Sun series, again, AD was down. Props to the Suns for taking care of business. But that's the only time when we see them in the playoffs, they're a tough team to beat. They're going to be tough to beat. So um, if they're healthy, best of luck. Because I, I think I, I trust Ham to figure it out ultimately as we go to the season. If that changes, then, you know, there, there might be some some tough conversations to have in Los Angeles. But right now, I think, I think that they're going to be all right. They just got to work it out. You're very optimistic compared to most Laker fans these days. Yeah, I, I, I Twitter's been funny. I think people get a little bit emotional, and which but, I understand. But 500 is, you know, you talk about Jared Vanderbilt. It doesn't seem like Ham even trusts the guy that much. He can't he get 30 him. minutes. He starts him. He doesn't get 30 minutes. And Again, he, there's he's coming back. Yeah. I, I think he's on a a not announced minute restriction. That's what I believe. So, so I think you're going to see him play a bit more as he's he's ramping up. But we just see like now you got Rui down, so they're dealing with some stuff right now. But I think I think we'll see. Like I told you, I'll tell you this. Clip you can clip this part. The first game after January 15th, I promise you, he gets 30 minutes. So let's okay. see what game that is. Okay. Let's see. I'm 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 gonna mark this down. So January, we got okay. January 15th, they play Oklahoma City. I'm calling it now. Jared Vanderbilt will play 30 or more minutes. Okay. And if he doesn't, I'll, then, I'll, then I'll agree with you because I'm like, that's already another two weeks healthy. There's no setback. And he, you know, nothing, nothing. He's played every game and he's still getting 23, 24. I'll, I'll be on your side. So, so give me that leeway and we'll, we'll come back to it in, in two episodes and see, see what happens there. All right. The final Clippers game we have uh, before we get into, we'll, re we'll recap our picks. And we'll, we'll see how we did. I think you're gonna like how your how your numbers look there. But before we do that, uh, the Miami is actually doing the the LA trip right now. They're they're gonna play the the Lakers on Monday. Sorry, not on Monday on Wednesday tomorrow. But they already played uh, the Clippers on Monday, uh, and um, the Clippers took care of business again. Now they're just they're rolling. And now you got Kawhi back. I was a little nervous about Kawhi. I'm like maybe this is serious because he's missed so many games. Um, I know he was close to playing in the the one before, but he still didn't play. So I'm like. Mm. But guess what? Kawhi came back, and the Clippers won. They won one twenty one, one hundred four. How did the, how did Kawhi look? Let's start with there. How did Kawhi look on his first game back? Really solid. Uh, he missed four games total. Now he's back. Very huge sigh of relief because they kept listing him as day to day, even though he missed over a week. So that was annoying. But he's back. Had zero points in the first, but thirteen in the second, and he took off from there. 
Clippers were actually down by 14 in the first half of this game, and there was no Jimmy Butler, no Haywood Highsmith, no Caleb Martin, and no Josh Richardson. So we needed to take care of business, and we did. Another really strong defensive game from Zubats. Uh, James Harden with really solid playmaking, great stuff in the pick and roll, and getting Kawhi involved and getting him some nice touches in the mid post with some good entry passes. Then Russ, again, just a ton of energy. He's so great at getting the crowd involved, man. He's a showman. And Norman yeah. Powell. When the Clippers couldn't hit shots in the first half, Norman Powell had 20-plus points, not just in the first half alone, but he had he started hitting in the first half and ended up having 20-plus points in the game. So he's been really good, too. One of the best bench players in the league, no doubt about it. 22 points on 9-for-11 shooting and 4-for-5 from 3. And I can't brag too much about the Clipper defense because we're not playing against, you know, that shorthanded Heat. Heat aren't even a great offensive team, you know, even when fully healthy. Uh, and yeah. Terrence Mann had double digits again, so that's good. He hit a three. He's been really struggling badly with his shot so far this season. So to have him have double-digit games two times in a row is really good to hopefully get his confidence moving back in the right direction. And then Mason Plumley's back, but he didn't play. Daniel Tice. He's been so good in that backup role. Mason Plumlee may just not be in the rotation anymore. Yeah, it's it's an ever changing thing for all teams, right? You you start. It, I always like to. Um, a couple of things I realized, especially the more I've dug into the NBA, is like again, you don't start with the same team that you don't finish with the same team you start with, and your rotations look vastly different. Like I remember sometimes what I do for every playoff series the Lakers are in is I look into okay, how did these two teams match up in the regular season? And unfortunately, a lot of times that tape is a waste of time because either there've been some trades. So it's like, okay, well, none of these guys are there. Or you'll be like, wait, we were starting Avery Bradley. He's not even in the rotation anymore. Like, okay, so this tape's not going to help because 26 minutes are, are a guy running point who doesn't play anymore, even though he's still on the team. So things are always going to change. And, and certain players, you know, Lakers last year, besides the trades, forget about the trades. Austin Reeves was like getting DMPs to start this season. And he was the one closing out the Grizzlies. So like the team's changed so much even within the year, even with the players that never leave and were always on the team, except for, you know, you're, you're like, you're like PG and Kawhi for the Clippers, right? They're always going to start. They're always going to play significant minutes. They're not going to adjust. But those like four, those like five through nine, that can fluctuate quite a bit throughout the year. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like the Heat are definitely struggling right now. They've been losing games. They only really played eight guys. And again, that's because of injury, but they're in the same same boat against the the Lakers uh, tomorrow night. They're going to be out without uh, Butler as well, so they're just kind of struggling. They don't. They just didn't have enough to to compete with uh, with the Clippers. But how cool was it that there was what like four Bruins on the floor at one time yesterday? That four that was really pretty cool. Good, I saw four really good Bruins too. Yeah, yeah, not not Ben Formers, guys who are like stars, all stars, and and you know and. Uh, and we got um we got uh some new some new additions there with, with in Miami that are you know making making big I mean 38 minutes played um that was incredible um he's been like the surprise I think from the draft wouldn't you agree he's you know he was what, drafted 17th and and he's like I don't think he's a rookie of the year candidate but he's definitely like all rookie first team right now I would say and uh, there's just been so many really, you know Wemby's probably like in, it's his to lose at this point but he's really? just been so great I think so think it's his to lose. I think I think when it comes down to it, people are gonna say, "Yeah, but Chet played a little bit, then he got hurt." Wemby's a true rookie. I think that kind of narrative might actually yeah, factor that in. That didn't stop Blake Griffin and Ben Simmons from getting it. 
But Blake Griffin was a monster. I, I think the gap between Chet and uh, and Wemby is really close. So right now, I, I, that's why I say it's his to lose. I think if Wemby just keeps it up and improves a little, I think he'll win it. But if he starts to fall off or like midway through the season, he just gets tired of like the workload and, and he, he dips. I think it's like the LeBron-Carmelo year, where it's like we all know that it was Le- LeBron's to lose. And even though I think Carmelo outplayed him, it was like, yeah, but not enough for that narrative to go away. Uh, Carmelo got robbed. Obviously, career-wise, we all know who's better. It's LeBron by, like, a mile. But Carmelo that year, he played better. You know, I, I'm old enough that I watched every game I could. That was before league pass and all that. But I watched every national game of both players. And I can tell you, Melo was definitely the better player. I think even LeBron would admit that. Uh, but he didn't win it because they were they were, they were were both really close. And LeBron was Mr. King, witness, chosen one, straight out of high school. So he got it. And I think Wemby's kind of has that advantage as well. Uh, he's he's the alien who can like do things no other human can do. And as long as he does enough of that, I think he'll win that one. But but yeah, that, that's just been a great pickup for the Heat, even though they lost here. All right. So recapping our picks here, Dime went four and one. He almost got the sweep. He got every single game right. Minus which one was the one that you got wrong? I think you got um you had the Lakers winning against Minnesota. That was your only error. And just like my team, I was mediocre. I was three and three. So I got plenty of wins, plenty of losses. We don't got to break them all down. Uh, but the main ones I got wrong were I had the Lakers winning against New Orleans and I had the Clippers losing to Miami. Those were the ones that you also had that. That was the one we both got wrong. Uh, so I'm, I'm three and three. So I got some work to do, but time was four and one this week. So, so wait, wait. You did, you right. I got that one wrong. I thought the one I got wrong was the Lakers. Oh, sorry. Let me see. Oh, you might have two then, because you have dime. I have dime. Have you having the Lakers, the Clippers losing to Miami, and you had um. Oh no, sorry. You you're right. You were right about that. You had the, you had them you had them you had that right. You only had the Clippers one wrong. So yeah, you're still four and one, but I'm three and three. So yeah. Um, I had the Lakers so, yeah. losing both. Wow, I know the Lakers really well. Yeah, apparently. Yep, yep. I've been really good with my Laker picks this season. Yeah, it was only the only one that you got wrong was one I also got wrong, which is uh, Clippers Miami. And I'm three and three, so I was I was all over the place. So we don't we don't gotta go into each one, but uh, yeah, I just I just couldn't couldn't get them right, especially the Lakers. I gave them the benefit of the doubt a couple ones there. All right, so before we get into all the games coming up this week, because we got uh you know a handful for for both teams, they have some decent rest here and some travel, but I want to get to the main event first. Lakers, Clippers, big brother versus little brother. It's happening Sunday night, 6.30. And just a little recap for everybody. Overall, the Lakers are 151-85 against the Clippers. The Clippers, of course, had that 11-game win streak, which was broken earlier this year when the Lakers uh, finally beat the Clippers. So, Dime, a couple things. One, will you be in attendance? And two, who do you let's go into the predictions now? Who do you think is gonna win? Yeah, it seems like you're you're leaning more clippers, but I want to hear what you think there. Not gonna be in attendance, don't have all that money. And then uh Clippers. <laughs> clippers gonna win. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will also not be in attendance because that's my day off. So I don't go uh to the home games uh on my day off. I'm surprised it wasn't nationally televised. I know the upcoming one later this month will be, but I I, I thought it would just be an easy how is it not nationally televised? You being serious? It, yeah, I'm, I'm being serious. It's not nationally oh, wow. television. I can double check. TV? Nope. Let me double check. But no, the next one is uh, they have a one where the Clippers will be hosting uh, Lakers, Clippers, 
and that one will be. But let me just double check. But yeah, I, I did check before I put it up there. Nope, it's not no NBA T. It's not national in any way. It's just a regular Lakers Clippers game. Uh, the next one, which is on uh, on January twenty third, which the Clippers are the home team. That one will be on TNT. That will be nationally televised. So yeah, I, I was also surprised with that. I was like, okay. I guess I don't know if they didn't want to give the Lakers another home, another national game or something. It was just kind of like balancing it out, and they're gonna get that game on national TV anyway. Again, I'm not sure, but I, I found that weird as well. But that's where things are there. Um, for me, I think again, I think this is gonna be a game the Lakers are gonna be ready for. I think you're gonna see the the, be- the best version of them right now. Currently, obviously, we don't know if Rui's gonna play, but I have the Lakers winning this one. I think they're gonna impress people and be like, oh, guess what? Bigger game, they brought it, and they're gonna they're gonna come with a W. So I don't think the game will be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I think they're gonna take care of business. So we'll see what happens. All right, cool. Let's go into the other games we have. Uh, starting off with um, Clippers Phoenix, which will be at six o'clock. Uh, Dime, who do you have here uh, winning? Do the, do the Clippers continue the winning streak, or does it end here? You know, we're gonna beat them. KD's not playing. Yeah, they they have looked better to me with. Living without KD for the last couple games, but but I, I'm with you too. I think that, back. Uh, that makes a difference, but exactly. But yeah, it's still it's still a lot that they're missing. So uh, I'm with you. So I'm gonna put it down here. You got the Clippers winning. I also have the Clippers winning. Cool. All right, and then we have uh, Lakers Heat at seven. So an hour hour later um, start time. Uh, they'll be here in Los Angeles. I will be in attendance covering it for Silver Screen and Roll. And I have the Lakers winning. Again, same thing. Kind of, you know, for you, you said KD's out. And for the Heat, they got Jimmy Butler out. They have some other players out. So they're still shorthanded. And now the Lakers finally got a little bit of rest. So I think the Lakers take care of business. So what do you think? Same thing. Lakers take care of business. Okay, cool. So we have so far all the same. We have all the LA teams winning on Wednesday. Okay, cool. And then Friday, Clippers uh, at New Orleans. So now you're making the trip uh, to the bayou there. Uh, what do you think is going to happen in Clippers New Orleans on Friday? We're going to lose. We struggle so much against them. They're the second team, besi- you know, the team besides Denver that we struggle with the most. And they're playing pretty well right now, too. So I'm going to go New Orleans. Yeah, they are playing pretty well. Obviously, I, I saw them play against um, against uh, the Lakers recently. and But they, they looked well uh, besides that. And again, I feel like because of Stephen A and that whole rant about, you know, how out of shape Zion is, I felt like it, and then them losing so bad in that big game, I felt like there was a little bit of an overreaction to it. Like I said, the truth is when the Lakers are at their best, they can beat just about everybody except there's only a couple teams, I think, that can actually beat the Lakers even when they're at their best. And those we've talked about those teams, Denver, Clippers, in my opinion, the Kings. You know, there's not that many teams when they're really cooking that can really beat them. And I think New Orleans got a taste of that. That doesn't mean New Orleans is a bad team. It just means, okay, if LeBron and AD are playing their best, you don't have two guys like that. But guess what? Only like five teams in the league do. So the rest of the 20-something, the the, the Pelicans are going to look good against. And one, they actually did beat the Lakers uh, just a couple days ago. And two, you see with their record, they're not like a team that's floundering. I I think people just took that loss and like, oh, the Pelicans are trash. And then you look at their record and you're like, oh, actually, you know, they're like, what, 20 and 12 and, you know, they're playing pretty good and they're, and then now you got Zion kind of activated a little bit because he, he heard the, the chatter and instead of hearing at the end of the season and not being able to respond, the in-season tournament is given an opportunity to kind of right those wrongs now instead of waiting for an early playoff exit. And you're like, oh, they were disappointing, you know? So, again, we're seeing the the 
the consequences of that in-season tournament a little bit already and what it's done, doing for teams. For all you know, I'll be very interested to see if, if the Pelicans go on a run. Do they mention the in-season tournament? It's like, hey, that was a wake-up call for us, and we got it going after that because we saw, oh, we're not ready for this level when we want to be, so let's bring it. So, yeah, I'm with you. I got the Pelicans uh, beating the Clippers there, so uh, we, we both have uh, – we're kind of high on the ones right now, so that's interesting. Okay, cool. And we also have the Lakers playing uh, that night as well on Friday. They're playing the Memphis Grizzlies on ESPN. So this game is on national uh, television. Dime, what are you thinking here? Are you you're going to be doing the greedy with with Jar, or, or you got the Lakers winning this one? Staples Center. Yeah, it's the Staples. Lakers. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, it's interesting. I was talking to some some media people. I, I, won't, I won't mention their names, but. I mentioned that Ja coming back, I thought they were going to make the play-in still. And everyone I talked to, Dime, I was talking to some pretty big people. Everyone was like, you're nuts. No, it's it's over. They're too far behind. And I'm like, there's a lot of basketball left. And, like, you guys know how good Ja is, right? Like, I think he can get them in the play-in. I'm not saying they're going to do anything. But they were, like, what, four or five games out of the play-in? I'm like, I think they'll do it. And Everyone told me, like, I started to doubt myself. I'm like, wait, maybe I'm tripping because everyone's looking at me like I'm tripping. And lo and behold, uh, last game I went to on, um, I think it was the not the Christmas Day game, but the one after that, one of those media people came up to me. They're like, I think you were right about the Grizzlies. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, there's plenty of time to make the play-in. So um, I do think the Grizzlies are are heading in the right direction. And, and now that they got their star back, it, the team makes a lot more sense. But I think the Lakers are going to bring in. I think, I think, like I said, I think this this – Month's going to be a lot better for the Lakers. You're going to see a, a better team. So I got the Lakers winning as well. So let me let me put that in there. So they got to take advantage of this. They got to take advantage of this. The Lakers, these two games right here at home, get her yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, you, the best way to quiet that noise you're talking about, where the fans are so upset, and yeah, again, winning. Al Davis said it best: winning solves everything. Just, just win, your win games. baby. Just win, baby. Just win your games, and you know what? You're going to have that fan who's like, I'm still mad that so-and-so is not playing. But you know what? They're gonna, It's going to start falling on deaf ears because everyone's like, okay, we're winning games. Cool. When you lose, it's kind of like when you see something wrong with like something you bought, right? Like if, if your food's late, then all of a sudden you're like, it don't even taste that good. Uh, you know what? The place kind of doesn't look. You start looking for problems when you see problems. You see more problems. And that's what happens when a team loses. A team's losing and then the fans go, why? And then, oh, it's the coach. Oh, Torian Prince isn't hitting enough threes. Oh, you know, so and so is not playing enough. Why isn't the player on the player on the bench would do way better than the player on the? They start looking for answers to their question due to frustration. You kill a lot of that with winning because, like, okay, oh, you think so and so should play? Well, so what? We're winning, and I think you're wrong, and you can't prove me right. You can't prove me wrong because the team's winning. So again, just like win, baby. Terrence Mann and Russell Westbrook conversation. <laughs> Exactly. Every team goes through these questions of lineups and depth charts and positions and opportunities, but uh, that's that's where we're at there with that one. So yeah, just win, take care of it. Uh, we already talked about Lakers uh, against uh, little brother there. Uh, you got the Clippers winning, so I'm gonna put that officially down. And then we have I have uh, the Lakers winning, of course, and we'll see. That's the first one we have different. But before we wrap it up here, we have one more to do. We got uh, Clippers Phoenix here, so that's on Monday. So we'll record right after. The, well, not right after that game. We will record on on uh, on uh, the following day. So we won't. This this game will happen before we record again. So what do you think, Clippers Phoenix? Who you got? I'm gonna be there. We gotta beat them. Oh no, I'm actually gonna miss that game. I'm gonna miss that game, but we're gonna beat them. 
God okay. damn it. I keep missing good games. <laughs> it happens, man. I'm going to actually go with the loss. I think that I think the Suns are starting to figure out life without KD in the meantime. And I I've, I watched the, the recent game. I forgot who they played, but I watched it on League Pass. And I'm like, yeah, the Magic. And I'm like, they didn't look too bad. So I'm like, you know what? I think they're going to do enough to win that game. So I'm going to go with um, with the Suns figuring it out there. And, again, you're going to lose some games that you're supposed to win. And that might be one where, you know what? So-and-so got hot. So-and-so was cold. And they didn't they did enough. So I'm going with the Suns uh, winning that one on the road. That one actually is on ESPN. So it is going to be uh, – oh, no, sorry. That's the, the Lakers. Uh, Memphis is on ESPN. Uh, the, the Phoenix one is not. So, yeah, so that, that's where I'm going with that one. I think that the Phoenix Suns get the win, and that's where we'll be. So – all right, cool. They disgust me, the Suns. <laughs> I hate what is them. it about the Suns? What, what's your beef with Phoenix? Well, let, let, let's begin. In the year 2006, when they beat uh, both L.A. teams in one postseason, we had Lakers. Let's get in the time, hold on, I got to get in, the, in the, the dying time machine real quick. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> let's start with a guy by the name of Rajah Bill. Tried to choke Kobe. And then he hit that three in game five of the second round series that made me cry. We sent the game into overtime, and they won to take a 3-2 lead. He misses that shot in the corner. We go up 3-2, heading back to L.A. We could have had a conference finals in 2006. Then there's the Tim Thomas effect, the shot he made to take away what would have been one of the biggest accomplishments of Kobe's career, dropping 50 points to close out the Suns and beat them and beat the MVP in a season that he should have gotten it. And Tim Thomas makes that three. God, I, and I don't like Mike D'Antoni. I don't like that style of basketball. Seven seconds or less, shoot a bunch of threes. It was a prelude to the modern NBA. Some call him a genius. I call him Mike Antoni. No D, no emphasis on that end. No ring as a result. He I just don't like it. He puts the ball in one guy's hands and makes them a stud by running pick and roll a hundred times a game. It's not – the ball movement is not exceptional. There's off-ball movement is not that exceptional. He's an offensive genius, in my opinion. He's never going to win a ring. I, I think he's the biggest fraud of them all um, in terms of winning a championship. I think, And plus, let's not even get me started with Mike D'Antoni. Laker fans can agree with me. Screw that, dude. I mean, what has he done except for cause the Lakers pain? I mean, the whole Kobe Bryant thing about the minutes that he played towards Achilles. I mean, you know how Kobe was. It was a playoff chase. Kobe was not going to be like LeBron and say, well, let's shut it down. Oh. Not, we have no chance to win, so let's shut it down and wait for next year. He went all out. 2019 and 2022, Edwin, that's all I have to say. He had so much pride. He Come on, he mailed it in. Well, I'm, not, I'm okay now difference okay I'm, I'm gonna leave that one alone but i i love the slander there and yeah that it's funny because whenever anyone shows those highlights of of kobe in that series i do love it but in my back of my head i'm like yeah but we lost like you do remember we lost the series right i i feel like that gets that gets missed in all of the hoopla the three-one up i'm like yeah they lost that series like that that's what i remember i remember them losing and being like man this is this is nuts. Like, I can't believe they lost that one. That was definitely one that uh, that hurt me, too. It was just, oh, man, to, to be up 3-1 and not get it done. They also did the same thing in 2021, 15 years later. Beat both L.A. teams. Not healthy, by the way. And they're the only team in NBA history to beat the Clippers three times in the playoffs. And two of them 
have been in this era when they just get lucky that Kawhi is not there to kick their ass. I can't wait. I want to play them so bad. I want to beat the – if we get a ring before Phoenix, that would honestly make my life. I could die at peace and we could go 0-82 for the rest of my life if we can get a ring before Phoenix. I can't stand them. The buns. I, I relish playing them again in the playoffs. I relish it, and I want to beat them. And if James Harden does that, I might just grow out my beard as far as it can go. Oh. I swear, he can win me over the biggest way if we can beat Phoenix in the playoffs. <laughs> I want them out. Well, we'll see. We'll see if we get it. Long way to go before we can start looking at at um at uh, <laughs> oh my god, you got me fuzzled here. Long way before we can start looking at the standings. But man, I I I forgot that you have this hatred for the uh the Phoenix Suns here. I Memphis, I forgot Memphis, about it. Utah. Memphis, Phoenix, and Utah. That's my list. You know the teams I just don't like. For me, it's Celtics. Then it's a big gap, and then it's like even the Warriors. I don't hate that much. I actually like the way they play ball. It's just that you know. Their fans can be annoying, but like for me, it's Celtics. Then it's, I guess it's Warriors, Clippers. But it, it, there's a really big gap, as you know. Like there's a, just a huge gap after that. But it's mainly that. But yeah, there's definitely been those teams, there's those players, there's those coaches, whatever. That like you just, we all have like, oh, I I don't like this guy because of this and this and that. Um, you know. But yeah, that was hilarious. That was a just a great rant to to end everything on. <laughs> We're def that's definitely gonna make the the the, the clipped out section for sure. No doubt about it. But all right. Well we'll recap again uh next week see if uh the Clippers actually do beat the Suns. That'll probably be the first thing we bring up if, if it happens. But uh for now that's the end of the pod episode 11 of basketball on Figaro, the first episode of 2024. Many, many more coming up here. I'm so excited to get to the halfway point to our, to our uh, mid-season review awards now that we did the quarter and just see how this season goes on. It, it's so interesting because like, I'm pretty sure you're the same time. I live my life based on the NBA season. So it's kind of funny, like, oh, happy new year. I'm like, we're right in the middle of what we're, <laughs> what we're working on, but okay, cool. So it'd be interesting now this season we get to see uh, in 2024, we can see the end of this season and then kind of go into the next one. But I'm so excited to to document it with you and, and kind of keep going uh, through it here. So uh, once again, this is episode seven of Basketball on Figueroa. I'm Edwin Garcia. That is Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dime Dropper. And we are out.